0: okay good evening is today may 31st oh my god i'm blanking out anybody yes maybe i think so yes okay hello hello and we are studying the big book of alcoholics anonymous this week's chapter and step is a vision for you and our speaker is genoa welcome
1: genoa thank you Hi, everybody. I'm Genoa, recovered compulsive overeater. So glad to be here, kind of. <laughs> I'm nervous. Um, anyway, Heidi, thank you for um, inviting me to share. Um, and, um, you know, when I was uh, at work today, I was thinking about being here and, and thinking about you know, just being nervous. And I thought, you know what, nobody expects for me to be, a, I'm not a professional big book person. You know what I mean? I'm just sharing my little old experience, strength and hope. And I'm going to try to do that at, and intertwine it throughout with a vision for you. So um, in the chapter, it starts with, um, and and what I thought about was this, you know, because this book, and when we think about, you know, when the big book, Uh, was first available to be mailed out to people, you know, um, and they've they've read all of the things prior to this chapter, right? The steps and all of that. And then sort of like this vision for you is like what I was thinking about today is that vision of kind of what my life is going to look like in recovery. That's what it felt like to me. Um, And so, but first it takes us back a little bit and, and I love this, this first sentence. For most normal folks, drinking means conviviality, companionship, and colorful imagination. It means release from care, boredom, and worry. You know, that's, that, that's what food meant to me for a few minutes, you know, um, I started using food uh, very young, very young. Um, Both my parents had left me and I was with my grandmother. And it was just a very confusing and painful time. Um, And I was raised in the South. And um, so eating was something that was expected. And the only thing I would eat was sugary stuff. That's the only thing I like to eat. So my grandmother was happy that I would eat that. But, you know, As I got older, of course, and I had more options and things available to me. um, Unfortunately, most of my drinking, most of my eating history, um, there wasn't the good times with the food. You know, I always overshot the mark. I always overate too much. You know, I would go somewhere and it's like, now I'm just going to have a little bit of this, you know, and and I'm going to act like a lady, you know. Um, and, And what would happen for me is if I was in a situation where I couldn't get more to eat, I couldn't pay attention when people were talking to me. It was like the Charlie Brown teacher talking because I'm focused on, is it possible for me to sneak more of that without somebody seeing me and judging me? And I have to tell you for most of my life, I wasn't overweight, Um, but this was how I felt on the inside. I somehow knew that my eating was abnormal and the things that I like to do with food was abnormal. Um, And it says in here, never could we recapture the great moments of the past. So it got to a point where eating was so painful for me that my life really existed in, uh, I worked night shift and um, I would get off work and I would, you know, I don't know if you can mention foods here and I don't have to, but I would drive through my favorite place, get my favorite stuff in the dozens and I would go and park my car. I wouldn't even go home because I didn't want my husband to possibly see what it was I was coming home with. And I would sit in my car and there was a place where I parked, they had a big dumpster so I could eat all my stuff. And then I would put it in the dumpster and drive home like, you know, nothing's happened. I believe the lies in my head, like when I would go to Walgreens, I had a real big Walgreens habit. Uh, They had something there that I really liked to eat. And so I would always go there and get that and I would stuff it up under the bed on my side of the bed um and so when i got in the bed i had to eat that you know um and and it it um it talks about um on down that um the chilling vapor that is loneliness settled down it thickened ever becoming blacker some of us sought out sorted places my sorted place was in my bed on my couch with the blinds closed, with the TV on. Um, I just couldn't hardly go anywhere. I just couldn't hardly be present. I can't tell you how many things I missed out on going To with my husband, because I just couldn't get it together. Um, I'm a nurse by trade. And so I was usually in scrubs. And it was, you know, not uncommon for me to have been in scrubs for weeks and weeks and weeks. And then I get ready to go somewhere and nothing in my closet fits. Now, I have to tell you, I have a wonderful husband. The only thing my husband has ever said to me was, honey, he would either go shopping and buy me something for to go somewhere Or he would take me shopping, throw on some sweatpants and let's go shopping. Never, never cared about my weight, only cared about my sanity. Um, And, um, and that's what I did. And and we had a son and, and I was as present as I could be for my son. I tried to push myself, but I look back now being recovered and I realized, wow, I wish I could have been more present as a mother. But once I'm in the food, that's it. Sugar is my heroin and it's like when I start eating it opens up a black hole and I just got to fill it and fill it and fill it and fill it. Um I was unable to live life on life's terms. Uh the second part of the first step my life was unmanageable. It was unmanageable because I could not manage my emotions. I people scared me to death. They still do. Um people scare me to death if you look at me wrong or you know whatever. It's like oh my god, you know, I'm just scared to death, you know, so anything could trigger me, you know, a bad night at work, a heavy night at work, too much work, not enough work, you know, it, it just, everything just kept me in turmoil. But anyway, and then it says on down, now and then a serious drinker being dry at the moment says, I don't miss it at all, feel better, work better, having a better time. You know, that was me with a new diet, you know, a new plan, you know, um, it's going to be better now, I'm never going to be fat again, you know, because eventually with all the compulsive overeating, and I am a volume eater, um, it got to the point where I gained weight, you know, um, and uh, and I thought with every new little thing that came down the pike, great, great you know i started smoking so that i would not eat it didn't work i smoked and i ate you know um i also am uh, a member of alcoholics anonymous so i you know i did it all whatever i could do i did i drank i ate i smoked i did everything just all together um but eating was my primary and my first addiction um anyway so that's just a little bit about my history um but then it goes on to say Um, we have, we have shown how we got out from under, uh, you say, yes, I'm willing, but am I to be consigned to a life where I should be stupid, boring, and glum. And for me, what that looked like coming into recovery in Overeaters Anonymous is hearing people talking about weighing and measuring their food and doing, you know what, I don't need all that. I just need to lose a few pounds. Just give me some simple little things that I can do. I'm in AA, don't need your steps. Don't need to read your literature. You know, I didn't want to do any of that. And I thought all of it was just a little bit It was, you were too much, you know, weighing and measuring food, how ridiculous. Well, you know, it says in the book that alcohol is a great persuader, and food was a great persuader for me. Uh, Because I tell you, when I dragged back in here this last time, I was willing to weigh, measure not do this. You know, if my sponsor told me to stand in a corner on my head, I swear I would have done that. I really would have done that because the food had convinced me that I had no control, no control whatsoever. I was to the point where I just couldn't stand me. I didn't want to be in my own skin. Nothing about me felt right. It was just an icky, awful place to, to be for me. Um, And then it says... Uh, that we asked the question: Have you a sufficient substitute? Like, like to ask that question: Do you have something better? Well, really, what are you giving up here? What are you giving up, Genoa? Giving up being miserable, uh, eating until I'm throwing up, you know, diarrhea, you know, all that stuff that that I know others are familiar with. You know, giving up that, you know, staying closed up in my room. I had envisioned that. In our house, they were going to find me one day with all sorts of packages and you know boxes and everything scattered around me and I would be found dead in my bedroom. I really had gotten to the point where I thought that was, that was the vision for me. That was what was going to happen because nothing I was doing was trying and I still wasn't willing to do what you guys said to do. But anyway, um, and it says, um, yes, they do have a substitute and it's vastly more than that. It's a fellowship. The Fellowship of Overeaters Anonymous. Well, I don't know about you guys. I didn't want a fellowship. I wasn't concerned about your fellowship and who was here. I just wanted to find out what was going to help me. And that's all I wanted. You know, um, today I feel very differently about that. Um, I'm so grateful for this for the fellowship today. Um, I know some people kind of look at 12-step programs as um we're in a cult, and I, I'm really happy to be a part of this cult today. Um, this past weekend, um, I had um A friend of mine was buried, a very Close friend of mine who died unexpectedly, and I was in a lot of emotional pain. And I I have food neutrality, uh, but this weekend um, I started eyeballing things. And I would be in one room, and my brain had snuck off into the kitchen and was going through the cabinets. I don't know if you guys do that, but I do. Um, I don't. It doesn't matter what's in my house because I can make something out of nothing. But you know, today I relied on the fellowship. This weekend I I chose uh, what is that they say in the the sixth step? Um, I chose character over comfort um I got on the phone um I got up and got busy because when my mind is telling me to eat it has never worked for me to sit on the couch and go not gonna eat I absolutely am not gonna eat because I'm gonna eat you know I gotta get up and do something different and so that's what I did this weekend and every night I went to bed I was like thank you god I'm abstinent today you know when I woke up the next morning so that's that's kind of what we get here um and it says it may seem incredible that these men are to become happy, respected, and useful once more. I'm happy today. I'm really happy in my skin today. Now we know that, you know, if you eat right, you're going to lose weight, right? So yes, I I I have a uh, roughly about a fifty pound weight loss uh, to date, and. And, and that's fine and that's great and, and all of that. But what I really feel good about is that even before I started losing weight, I didn't think I would lose weight, I was already feeling good in my skin, you know, and I could smile at myself in the mirror and, you know, and all of that comes from God. It's never come out of anything that I have tried to conjure up on my own, you know, whether it's, um, you know, I was a girl who new hairstyle, new eyeshadow, new lipstick. Oh yeah. Get those new earrings and you are good to go. Yeah. For about five minutes, that stuff that doesn't hold up, but my relationship with God is what gives me something to stand on today. Um, that's, that's my light today. And that has made such a, a big difference for me. Um, do I feel useful. I never thought that there was a purpose for me, but I have a purpose today. You know, my job and my title at my job, that that's one thing. And that's what I have to do in the world, right? I, I have to make a living. But today, my purpose is to carry this message. I'm so amazed about recovery and Overeaters Anonymous. I absolutely just don't know what to do. And I want to share that with other people. I want to spend my time doing that. In fact, to be, honest with you. And, and maybe it's a pink cloud. I don't care. I wish I could afford to quit work and just sponsor all day long and just talk to people all day long because it's amazing. I want everybody to know that please don't live as long as I did in this, in this turmoil. You know, for some people it's like, I've heard, you know, I came in in six years, it took me seven years. Well, here's a girl in the slow educational variety. It took me 25 years of coming around this program. I would say the last seven years, as i really, Really came in here, really worked the steps with a vision for you sponsor, got in that big book, and um, yeah, and that has made the difference for me. So it says, Our hope is that when this chip of a book is launched on the world tide of alcoholism or compulsive overeater, that defeated drinkers will seize upon it to follow its suggestions. Um, and and I, I really hope that anybody who hears this knows that you know, I'm a gutter compulsive overeater. And I know that if I can be recovered, if I can have food neutrality, if I can walk through emotions um, and pain, and if I can have a relationship with a God of my understanding, oh my God, you can too. And of course I heard people say that and I was going, yeah, not me, not me. But you know, the problem was my relationship with God in AA, there were things that I had turned over to God, but there were other things that I kept. And I will say that if anybody's here and you're dealing or you're dually addicted, you know, if you're still practicing one addiction, you're still cut off from the sunlight of the spirit. I have to say today that I feel like I have the full sunlight of the spirit. Now, does that mean that? it's perfect. Absolutely not. There are times when I have resentments and fears and things like that. And of course we have step 10 to help us with that. Um, and so, and I do use those tools. I use all of the steps today. Um, but, but today I feel connected with God and God probably is saying, I really wish she hadn't learned that she could talk to me about everything. Cause I literally talk to God about everything, my hair, you know, um, I I have to talk to him all the time about me because, you know, I have, a huge ego at times. And there are times when all I can think about is Genoa. I'm a really good hot topic in my head. And sometimes it's so much that it literally is painful. And I have to just stop and pray. And it's like, God, please help me. You know, my, my sponsor, I just love her to death. She gave me a prayer and she said, ask God to remove your self-centered thinking and replace it with humility, to replace vanity with modesty. And that helps me. You know, I'm always going to be human. I'm not ever going to be not human. So some of those human things are going to come up. That's why Bill and those guys before knew to put those other steps, those maintenance steps 10, 11 and 12 to keep you know to help keep us uh, balanced out. But anyway, on down it five talks minutes. about the man that they 5, five minutes? minutes. Okay, perfect. Okay. So they talked about the man that was hopeless in here. I was certainly hopeless. Um, And like I said, I found that I have to immerse myself in this program. Um, I live in the 12 steps. um, And I heard somebody say, you guys have probably heard it too. I don't have any new information. But like, if you draw a big circle, that's the world. And if I draw a little circle, that's my recovery. You know, I go out and visit the world, but I have to live in recovery. That's just for me. That's who I am today. I I get no choice in that matter. If I want to live free today, I don't. I obviously have that choice to go out there and try to pretend I'm something that I'm not. But today I live in recovery, and so the final thing and is these last two paragraphs, which we know are read at a lot of meetings. Um, our book is meant to be suggestive only. You know, they're they're not trying to make us do anything. To me, they're not suggestions for me in my life today. Today I better will be trying to follow what they have in that book to the best of my ability. Progress, not perfection. Um, Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. And over and over and over and over in the big book, it is told to us that we have to carry this message. Nothing so much ensures immunity from our compulsive overeating as carrying this message to another compulsive overeater. So that's today I take very seriously what I have I can't keep if I don't give it away Um, and I know that that's what this book did it carried the message um, and and that's what I'm trying to do today so we shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit as and you will surely meet some of us if as you trudge the road of happy happy destiny and that's what I'm trying to do today so thank you so much for allowing me to share.
0: Wow. Thank you so much to Noah. That was fabulous. i um, trying to just change. There we go. Um, awesome. Awesome. That was a great talk on a vision for you and how, what your life can look like. Um, Okay, we will now open the meeting for questions or for three minute shares, as this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you to accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions, or star nine if you're on the phone and the Zoom host will call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. With the timekeeper please set a timer for three minutes for each chair and announce when time is up? And if the speaker has asked a question, please allow three minutes for the answer. And then at 8 47, we will pause for stop for unrecorded chairs. Oh, we already have some hands up. Okay. Um,
2: Chanel T., you're up. If that's how you pronounce it. There
3: we go. Now I'm unmuted. Thank you so much, Genoa. That was great. I just, wow. Um, I don't even know where to start, but I, I wanted to just first say, I, I appreciate that when you said, yeah, I lost weight. That was great, but that wasn't the biggest thing. Because I know when I first came in, that was the biggest thing. And I left with a resentment because y'all didn't follow my script of being a free diet with group support. That was not... You weren't following my plan there. And when I came back in on my knees, like you, I was willing to do whatever my sponsor told me to do. Okay, I'll weigh and measure. Wow. And not realizing that instead of obsession and compulsion, that would give me freedom. Because I would know exactly what I'm going to eat and how much and not have to worry about it. And anyway, I wanted to ask you, um, what do you notice... What was the one is one of the biggest things you notice is different about your recovery
2: since you started sponsoring? And thank you.
1: Hmm. I think it's helped me to work on patience, love and tolerance. Those are the things that it's helped me with sponsoring people. Um, Yeah, I see that. I see that with with my husband. Um, and I'm sure he sees it too. I know, I know he does, you know, it reflects back on, onto him. Um, but yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is that, that love patience and tolerance with other people, because I've been there. I'm the girl who I've had three sponsors to say to me, I don't know what else to do for you, you know, and those were devastating blows. And I said, I hope Oh, I don't ever have to say that to somebody um, because this disease is so powerful and so hard. This recovery, it's it's hard. That's it.
2: Great. Thank you very much. Meredith B., you're up next. Hey, everybody. I'm Meredith B. in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, Recovered compulsive overeater. Genoa, wow. I feel like you didn't even take a breath that whole time. (laughs) it was like rapid fire. So good. So good. Um, It struck me that you said, you know, 25 years you were going at this thing, but not getting it. And um, I wasn't in that long, but over 10 years. And um, but I always, there's something inside me. Like I always knew where to go when I had nowhere else to go, I knew on some level that OA was the answer as much as I tried to avoid it and run away. Um, and I thought the same thing about the, um, you know, weighing and measuring. And I just, if I just did it when they told me to do it, actually, I don't remember. I don't remember some, You know what? I'm sure somebody mentioned that concept early on, but I had all the excuses in the world why that wouldn't work for me. Um, It says on page 14, these were revolutionary and drastic proposals, but the moment I fully accepted them, the effect was electric. And that is so true. When I finally got Um, you know, learned how to practice entire abstinence last summer. I just, I couldn't believe it. I just couldn't believe it. Um, an amazing thing. Also, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, makeup and jewelry, what, it doesn't matter. Fill in the blank. Right. Um, but you use the phrase stuff that works, or I think you said stuff that works or Stuff That Holds Up, which um, there is a, a Guy Clark song where it's called Stuff That Works. Um, and he's he says, uh, stuff that works, stuff that holds up, the kind of stuff you don't hang on the wall, uh, stuff that's real, stuff you feel, um, the kind of stuff you reach for when you fall. And that is this fellowship to me. Um, I know I can always, you know, make a phone call to any, like about a hundred people, um, or not like even more, I can just call a stranger and we just get to go deep immediately. And I, I get relief every time. So, um, that was so awesome. And I took down your number and I'm going to call you. Yay. All right. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks to Noah. Thanks, Meredith. Um, Would anyone else like to share or ask a question? This is a good time to put your hand up. Thank you. All right,
4: Lenore, go ahead. Hi, I'm Lenore, and I'm a compulsive eater. And know, I really appreciated your lead. You said so much that I could relate to. Uh, I, too, would stop by Walgreens on my way home from work. Uh, the thing is, that my stuff melted, so I had to eat it right then
5: <laughs> rather than hide it under the bed.
4: But uh, I also could relate to uh, uh, I started smoking, too control my weight and so I ended up being a fat smoker you know that had two addictions then and uh, so it's just so much that that you said and I'm so grateful for your share thanks
3: a
0: lot thank you um I'll just take a quick share that I felt like I just was like shaking my head the whole time you know like everything you said I was like yes yes and yes and then the whole like driving through parking in a place where there's a garbage. It's like, I just thought I was a genius like that. I was the only one that did these things until I came here and I'm like, Oh, people had car cookies too, or spoons in their glove compartments in case they had to stop. Like, um, and I just like how you said, you know, you can have the sunlight of the spirit without everything being perfect, you know? And then that's why we have the program. Um, because, you know, life is not perfect, but we still can, you know, enjoy the sunlight, which I like. And then <laughs> I was laughing when it says our book is meant to be suggestive only and su- suggestive. It's like when they say, you know, if you want to use the parachute when you're jumping out, I suggest that. And my new sponsor that I just started working with like nine days ago, I'm in a renewal period <laughs> of my program. And um, she said, you know, I'm just suggesting you you do, you know, this or this. And I was like, well, I kind of really chose you because I like how you weren't like, you have to do these things. And she's like, no, no, you don't have to. I'm just suggesting what worked for me. And I was like, okay, I'm willing, I'm willing, I'm willing to be uncomfortable and to do things that are annoying to me. And
5: um, I just appreciated your share. So thank you. All right, Nancy, welcome. Nice to see you. Hey everyone, I'm Anc, a recovered compulsive eater in Taiwan. So it's morning time in June 1st over here, and I'm really grateful to be here. Um, Genoa, uh, I was also nodding my head and um, smiling. So much of the of what you shared re- resonated, and I kind of wished it didn't. Um, just like, oh, me too, me too, yes, yes, I belong here. Um, And it was really good to hear um, about just that loneliness um, and a good reminder of like, yes, this disease takes us into that space of closing the blinds and getting in bed and trying to seek comfort um, from what does not give lasting comfort. And I'm not there today. I'm very thankful to not be in that place, but whew, I have been there and this disease will take me right back. Um, and I just have that built in forgetter. Um, so I appreciate both your, um, just humility and honesty and looking back at what it was like and, um, sharing. So, um, just with such a raw, um, yeah, honest truth about what it's like today. I really appreciated what you said about just being human. Um, I have just made a major life move. And when I struggle, my <clears throat> I'm just seeing in this phase um, how deep my self-reliance is, my tendency to go back to self-reliance and minimize if I'm struggling rather than just share and be honest um, and So just hearing you talk about, you know, the um where you are and the um ability to embrace your humanity and use the tools and the um yeah, the tools that were given in this program to um just be real about it and turn it over to God and be in process um, was very refreshing and inspiring to me. So um I also did am Afraid of people, <laughs> I could really relate to what you're saying of like, oh no, I'm not looking for a fellowship, like, um, but just leaning in, um, to the discomfort and um, letting ourselves grow to love the fellowship rather than resist it. But I still have that fear of people, um, and so it's hard to, um, know that the solution to my disease is a fellowship. That's a big part of the prescription here, um, because that is so what I resist. Um, so doing a small action, showing up, um, speaking up, and trying to um, just pray, turn that over to God, and um, ask that that fear be lifted more and more as I continue on. So thank you for the experience, strength, and hope.
0: Great. Thanks, Anne. And um, Nancy G, you're up.
4: Hi. Hey, Gina. it's so nice to see you. We've been talking, and she's somebody I, that reached out to me, or I reached out to you, I don't remember, but we've been talking back and forth. And I really loved seeing you and really appreciated your talk. And when you when you were talking about how you'd go out with other people, and it was like the Charlie Brown voice of other people in your head, because all you were focusing on was what is there to eat. I mean, i I think there's not anymore after your talk but there was a part of me that was just really embarrassed about that because that was something I know that I did a lot like I I go to a party and I would sort of avoid connecting with people because all I wanted to connect with were the M&M peanuts or you know the shrimp or whatever they had that looked good for me to eat and I was not fortunate to be able to keep my weight under wraps but because um, I, I, I would gain weight. But I don't know. Today, I actually went and did some, I did some volunteering at the, at the Friends of the Library Bookstore. And somebody who was in there working looked at me and went, wow, you look like you've lost some weight. Have you? And I said, yeah, I have. And he went, you look really terrific. You look really happy. And I went, yeah. I said, and I, because I talked to him about OA and I said, yeah, it's this fellowship, you know, I made a call today. I did a 10th step today on a migraine I was getting. I was pissed at my body because I was also getting a blood test because there's been some kidney stuff going on. And I know that my taking aspirin, which is the only thing that works on that is helpful. And as I was doing my 10th step and talking to this wonderful fellow, I realized the one thing I've never tried to do when I've had a migraine is reach out to God, reach out to my higher power. And that's what I did today. And I didn't need anything and it went away. And every single day, I'm just getting more and more and more and more that that is what I need to do. So if I ever wind up in a group of people and start looking at the things to eat, I know all I need to do. I love the set aside prayer. I've put it as my main screen on my phone, as my phone lock. And I don't even care if I do it right because the bottom line for me is God, please, you know, make me realize that I don't understand anything. And all I want to do is see things through your eyes and, and be open and curious and a and loving my life and all the people around me. But I also just want to thank, say thank you, Joelle, because I really enjoyed our conversations when we have talked and it was just such a delight to see you. So thank you. Thank you, everybody who's doing service at this meeting. And it's just really, really Such a pleasure to be here. Thank you all. Um, Awesome. Great. Thank you, Nancy.
0: I somehow got back on. Perfect timing. Um. Uh, Okay. So let's see here. We still have about four minutes before we turn off recording for other shares. If anybody has any questions,
2: Uh, questions, concerns, sharing, this is a great time.
6: I'll go. I'm Betty, a Recover Compulsive Overeater awesome. from Florida. Hi, everybody. Um, Genoa, thank you so much for your sharing. It was just beautiful. Um, you certainly have a gift uh, of making what you say so meaningful. the the one The one thing that you were talking about, the circle of life and then recovery circle in the middle, that really meant a lot to me because... You know, I think for me and the disease, I was just one big circle, one big dysfunctional circle. Uh, I couldn't get, I actually in the middle was me, myself, and I. You know, I couldn't get out of that. I couldn't get out of the me, myself, and I. I'd go out in the world, you know, I still couldn't get rid of me, myself, and I. I, I couldn't get into the other, other people as much. As, I couldn't be present with others as much as I wanted to be. It looked like I was, but I wasn't. Because when I go, went home, I ate. And I ate because I was afraid of people, afraid of what they thought of me, afraid of what they think, all of the above. And so the way you described it with recovery in the middle, go out in the world, come back to recovery, or take the recovery out into the world. Either way, that makes a lot of sense because that I can do. In recovery, that's that's what recovery is, is taking it into my life. I learn here. I learn from you. I learn from fellows. I learn from the steps. And I take it out into my life. And I have a, I have a way to do it now. I have a way to choose. I can choose to do it or not. But I have a way. I have a guide. And that's the steps. And the support of, of so many people. Um, I never told anybody before how I felt so I had no support. I gave it, but I didn't, I didn't ask for it. Now I ask for it. And I, I openly give it. I gladly give support in any way I can. So, so living in the world is a different, it's a whole different ballgame now for me. Because I'm actually present. And um, it's, it's the true me. It's, this is it you know, and part of me says, Hey, this is how God wants me to be. And I'm just going to be the best I can be. And I'm not going to worry about what you think about me, because the only person that the only one that it matters to whom I um, what I'm like is God. And that's, that's the bottom line. So through that, I can just bring all that love and tolerance out into the world as best as I can and to myself. So anyways, with that, I pass. Thank you so much.